Finally, finally, we get to talk about something that was actually decent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have been waiting all season long to get to media consumption <laughs> that made me feel good yeah. after watching it. This one was good. Did it make you feel good? It triggered some serotonin in different areas of the brain, Brian. Yeah, okay. it worked. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, welcome everybody, Pop Not Soda. Thanks for joining us. Uh, be it through your earbuds, listening on your car, on your commute, uh, or watching us on YouTube. Hello. Oh. Um, we are going to get into on this episode of Pop Not Soda the good, the bad, and the ugly of HBO Matz's, because I don't know anyone that actually went to the theaters and saw this. I don't either. S the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Not Squad. to be confused with Suicide Squad. Oh, right. that's why I was having trouble looking it up on Wikipedia. I totally yes. just realized that. Yeah, that was the distinction. Okay. It's like the difference between 2001's The Fast and the Furious and 2000, was it, 2009's uh, Fast and Furious. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah, they just removed or added the the. Mm -hmm. All right, I get it. Very different yeah. movies. Very, yes. very different movies. Superheroes and the later ones. And can I say that I have gotten many requests for us to like watch more shitty reality TV shows by people who enjoy those shitty reality TV shows. Mm. And I'm very upset that that's what we're becoming. So I'm really glad that we're <laughs> setting it straight. <laughs> we watched a movie. We're here to tell you all about it. Uh, and I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. This was, this was the best one we've seen so far. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I may say it. It may be for me the most enjoyable released in theater on digital, the same day, movie for me. Yeah, well, for sure. Good for you. Yeah, of like all these getting... HBO releases, this by far has been the the best one for sure. Yeah, and good for you, Dan, that you got a refresh because we are going into Dookie after this for quite some time. <sighs> Pray for me, please, everyone listening and watching. All right. I'm just going to jump into it. The good. And I think everybody knew two years ago when it was announced what the good was going to be. The good lived up to its billing. Uh, and that is one Sir James Gunn. Oh, yes, he did. Thank the Lord the man knows how to write a movie. Um, and uh, I also really do appreciate that he just hires his friends, too, and that his friends are good at what they do. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I think a lot of the good that we can touch upon is directly related to the fact that James Gunn is at the helm. Um, the first thing I want to jump into the good is one thing that I noticed that I missed from Suicide Squad, which, listeners and viewers, if you don't know the premise of this, um, in the DC comic universe, the Suicide Squad is a group of villains or criminals put together by covert director of Argus, uh, Amanda Waller. And basically she utilizes them. They're also known as task force ETS um, right. to complete missions for the U S government that the U S government is not supposed to be connected to. 
And the reason why they're called the Suicide Squad is not only are these missions, and they always have to say it, suicide, uh, but they also have bombs in their heads. So in case they try to escape or do some shady shit, Amanda will just blow their their heads completely off. Yep. Yeah. The real expendables, as Brett would say. Yeah. I mean, it's like DC did what the expendables didn't. They made a movie about expendables who are expendables. I mean, you know that in the first, what, 10 minutes of this movie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will yeah, say... It goes, it, it goes ham right away. Yep. You know, I don't know if it has something to do with Sylvester Stallone being in both uh, franchises, but um, <laughs> the expendability in this movie is great, which is something we did not really get from the first one. Um, Definitely not. And I would have actually preferred it in the first one because those characters I didn't give a fuck about, and if they were to die... It would have made me happy. Yeah, if the title of the motherfucking movie is Suicide Squad, and you have, like, one person die, maybe two in that fucking crock of shit, uh, where this one, it's the exact opposite, you know, where, you know, spoiler alert, uh, sorry, uh, half the fucking yeah. team is dead in the, in the first <laughs> ten minutes, like you mentioned. Uh, so just, yeah, such a stark difference just right off the bat, and I knew immediately that this was going to be so much better than the original uh, because just, yeah, and again, in the first 10 minutes, James Gunn did so many things right that the first one did wrong. Yeah, if you it, I hate... Mean, go, oh. No, don't worry, Brett. Well, I was going to say, too, like we were, we were talking about it before we started recording. It's, it's R-rated, and that's exactly what we needed from a movie called The Suicide Squad. It's gritty, it's full of action, and people are very expendable. Yeah, and if you hate Pete Davidson, this movie is for you. <laughs> like, you get some therapy with this. Just, it's a, I mean, I bet you Ariana Grande has probably watched this, you know, multiple times. At least the first 15 Oh, for minutes. sure. She's, like, yeah. masturbating to this yeah. clip. <laughs> Just on over. replay. 100%. Um, but other than killing characters, James Gunn knows how to write some goddamn characters. Um, because he not only pits some very obscure, weird motherfuckers to include in this movie that 97% of, I think, the world has never heard of. No. But then Polka actually Dot Man's made not, a, yeah. not a household character. I only know Polka <laughs> Dot Man because of the Lego Batman movie where they go through the ridiculous oh, ca- shit. Uh, villains of Batman, and that's one of them. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, I didn't even uh, right, remember he was yeah, in that. And they just made him... One of the most enjoyable characters in this film. Yeah. Um, Ratcatcher and Ratcatcher number two. I don't even know what what comic line they come from. I don't know who's <laughs> right. they're supposed to be. I just assume like the Flash or Batman because they just have a shit ton of villains. Yeah. And it's not really like a... You know what? I mean, it's a very unique superpower, if you can call it a superpower. Because it seems like they have like a device or something. Yeah, that it's actually like the tech, the rats. right? Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, it's just so weird and so obscure. But I mean, I think that's just the part of why this movie is so good is because yes. this ensemble is so weird and unique. But again, James Gunn just you know working his magic is able to put together you know the right cast and write the right script where even though these are just such random off the wall characters, like you do like them, right? You do root for them. You are 
bummed when you know a lot of them uh, die eventually. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he just really has like the golden touch, I think, right now, right? Um, yeah. And it sounds like he's back over at Marvel. Like they, they they're like, oh no, no DC, that was just alone. Uh, we had to have yeah. him just sit time out for some of those tweets. But uh, I guess he's doing Guardians three now again. So all is right in in the Marvel verse. As if that wasn't ever going to happen, right. you know, in the first place. Like yeah. They know they know he's a cast machine, but like Dan, you were talking about it too. The beauty of these characters is they're simple. They yes. you don't you don't beat up a storyline like Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League, where you're having to see an hour and fifteen minutes about a character you don't give a shit about. They intrigue you with some simple stuff, and then you go from there, where you're building your own investment in these characters who are fucking weird. I mean, it's and- good. Brett, you're you're totally right, and I think part of it is the fact that the casting, Brian, also as you said, for these simple characters made sense. I don't think uh, there has ever been a role other than Neo in the Matrix where I'm glad that Will Smith was not playing a character, <laughs> because I just you, I don't I don't think I could believe Will Smith in the role of Idris Elba. Like telling his um, daughter to you know, oh, yeah, fuck you in the in the very beginning. Immediately or just reset the tone, right? right? This is right. not Deadshot. This is not Will Smith. This is not a good father. Um, also, the fact that Idris just completely commits to blood sports. One, on one hand, being upset and pissed off about every fucking thing that's happening, yes, and on the second, yes. being confused by everything that's happening. Like he is not he is not enjoying himself at all throughout this movie and it's great to watch. Well yeah, dude, the show with the rats, right? When like he fir- when she first calls him and then like you figure out he's like scared of him and dude, his just reaction around all of that. I mean, he's just so good. He was so funny. It's it's perf- it's a perfect character too because he's always on the brink of quitting because of like the absurdity of the mission. Like the rats John Cena in the underwear. Like, it goes on and on throughout the movie where you're like, that's it. He's hit his breaking point. He's, he's walking away now. And But, yeah, it's so simple yet so effective. And I think another thing that they nail really, really well, and this goes back to James Gunn, too, is you make animal characters CGI, and they're the first movies that I've watched in a long time where I actually give a shit about these animals. I mean, King Shark nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Voice was perfect. Mocap was perfect. And to like the biggest dude on screen to the smallest dude, Rat Catcher's Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian. Yeah. I mean, it's Her it's pet. these little things where you're just like, man, everything has hit it right on the mark. Give me James Gunn directing Ratatouille live action <laughs> after this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And, and give me John Cena as uh, Linguini or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Linguini. Um, I'm pretty sure his name's a goddamn pasta, okay? So it's not that far off. Yeah, maybe it's just uh, dinner time you're hungry. Yeah, probably. I will say, too, when we're getting into characters, John Cena's character, from all the promotional material, you just think is playing a straight man who is just going to be the butt, like the punchline to a lot of just... You know the the drats, right? Of it, right. Yes. Like I yeah. think it's like a similar character. However, that is not the case, and I love that it wasn't. Um, I don't want to give a lot away, but I understand why. You know, 
other decisions that we'll get into after this movie were made. Um, because there is a realization with that character halfway through. You're like, this is kind of fucking terrifying because he's not very far off from what a lot of people's ideology in the United States is and how people yeah. view the rest of the world and how yeah. they view conflict. Yeah. And I mean, having that in a comic book character in a film where the villain is a giant fucking starfish is just great. Yeah. And I think too, like, I mean, we, we don't have it on the sheet, but like the marketing behind this too was so well done. They knew exactly what spots to tease in the trailers and then they completely surprise you with some character you know character arcs that yeah like you said you didn't see coming at all and, and that's really... i mean those two guys idris and cena their two characters uh is my favorite part about the movie uh they're i mean there is like a really cool scene where they're they like raid a town and they're like trading kills back and forth which is <laughs> both funny as well as like really awesome and brutal uh, but then just how they continue throughout the story, and then you know it goes from them like fucking around and uh, popping jokes to like squaring off in a very uh, real showdown uh, with you know like dire consequences. Again, spoilers: somebody dies, but not really. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, just just so good to be able to have these characters develop, you know, not only by themselves, but also with the other characters around them. And uh, again, just, you know, another dick sucking moment for James Gunn oh. to be able to do this in two hours. Right. And what with I love so is many the, characters. the, the simplicity of how they set up the, the dichotomy between their arts where they literally got the same bat story from they're the same dudes, <laughs> right? They but the but same they, they would go this and they're like, you're, you're just opposites. Like he's a bad guy or like, or he's a, he's a guy that does bad. And, and, and you're a guy who thinks he's good, but it's bad. Like, and, and the throwaway lines that I thought would never come back, come back full circle at the end. And it's just great because it makes me be like, I'm really should have been paying a lot more attention to just these things that I thought were just jokes or really funny that they yeah. are meaningful throughout. And it makes the viewing experience more enjoyable because you're like, Oh yeah, everything has a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they, they take characters from a dog shit movie from what 2016 and they actually do kind of well with them. You know, Dan, yeah. you, I mean, you mentioned a character that you yes. really, I mean, we haven't even talked about yeah, the fucking, yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest the, character in the movie. This yeah. is the best use of Harley Quinn in any DCEU material. Um, what this is her this is her third film credit, right? As Harley, because yeah, yeah she, she was in she was in Suicide Squad, and then she was in Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey, right? Um, and the or Harley or you know the Emancipation Birds of Pre Birds of Prey, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn. There you go. Um, and now the Suicide Squad and. They got over fucking let's lean on uh, Margot Robbie's sex appeal. They got over the fact that everything has to be about the Joker, but really through Harley because that's all her character is. And she even has a point where she talks about her past relationships. And it, again, it's simple motivation for what she's doing and why she's doing it, which is what you don't have in any of the other DCEU films, God damn it! Other than, I think, the original Wonder Woman. That's it. You don't oh, yeah. understand yeah. the motivations yeah. of characters. Yeah. And that's what is so upsetting because... You're just it. You just left out on a fucking, you know, spaceship traveling to a planet because you're you don't know where you're going. So, um, I really enjoyed it. 
she doesn't overstay her welcome because she is, when she's on screen, the most dominating presence out of the other characters because she's the most recognizable. Yeah. 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 Uh, and there is a really dope like fight scene at the end where uh, she and this like dude she's with, uh, I mean, she like basically murders the king of this country or the new king, right, who comes in uh, after killing the, the royal family. Uh, and then she then has to like fight her way out of this palace with like all these guards. Uh, and there's one scene where she's like spinning around in like a corridor, firing, uh, you know, and then they do like a top angle shot of her, which is cool. And then another scene where it's like all these flowers and shit where she's uh, mowing people down. And then she's got like a spear with her kind of throughout the whole movie, which is uh, another just cool uh, thing that that gets carried through uh, the the whole film. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, something that just, like, rubs me the wrong way, and this is, you know, any movie, and it's so hard to not get rid of, but um, just the realism sometimes of these fight scenes with, like, guns, you know? Like, when you bring a spear to a gunfight, you're probably going to lose, uh, but in Harley Quinn's case, uh, it doesn't happen. And they do, they, I really do like this shot that, uh, they have during this fight scene where uh, it shows her like just going down this ha- hallway and just like, you know, fucking annihilating yep. all of these guards. But yep. there's just multiple times where these guards are like shooting at her point blank. And I guess they're just really bad shots. You know, they're coming from the stormtrooper school. Uh, but uh, but yeah, one of those things, you know, just little things like that bother me uh, for, for whatever reason. Um, but so, so, so you would say that's the bad part. I would say that's the bad that's part. That's bad for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will I say mean, that's before oh, that sorry. bad. No, no, you're good, Brad. I'll let you get in. But before that bad, she does, I think, make the best kill in the entire movie where she uses like a scarf or part of her dress to have a guy slit his own throat, which yeah, was just fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, it gets a little Dom Toretto after that. Well, and <laughs> right. I think that's, you know, as jumping we move off the walls the, and shit. Yeah. And as we move on to the bad, that's what's, that's what bothered me a little bit too is the, inconsistency because it starts off where you know like you said half the suicide squad are just getting riddled by bullets and they're dead in the first 10 minutes and then all of a sudden you know like a quarter of the way through some of these ridiculous scenes that happen to people like you watch and you're just like oh they're they're gone but yeah they don't get hit by a single bullet and things like that so the inconsistency of these action scenes was rubbing me the wrong way a little bit yeah, you needed some more some more damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accrued throughout the movie. I mean, it reminded me of like like the later seasons of Game of Thrones, where it's like, there's no fucking way that Jon Snow is is living through this. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it's just shit like that, where you're like, okay, or they just literally bring him back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know another, but I mean that, and then Cena. <laughs> Peacemaker. Yes, spoilers. I mean, not really spoilers because they announced the fact that he has been greenlit for his own HBO show right. for the character Peacemaker. And this man is committed to this role because he showed up to the film premiere in his full Peacemaker costume with a prop block. Yeah. Which maybe in this climate don't bring a fake gun to a movie theater, John Cena. Right. Um, well, he also but, stole the costume and didn't tell anybody. Okay. Well, that's, oh, that's even more okay. funny. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it back. Okay. All right. Good <laughs> shit, John. It's probably because they didn't see him as he was taking Ooh. the costume. Yeah. Like all the interviews, that's too. yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but all the late night interviews, he shows up in the fucking suit too. Yeah, well, I think it's great. Um, but yeah, I'm he's his character. I think is the most dimensional character in the film, 
and it made sense. They were like, we can just get all the money out of this character as long as you have fucking James Gunn write it. That's what scares me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he directed does... like five or six. It's like a eight or ten episodes, and he directed like half of them. Perfect. Yeah. So how does he live through this? Money. Yeah. Right? Money. Yeah. Where's the Mr. Krabs <laughs> motherfucking gif? Where w, the, the executive money. WB called in and said, uh, yeah, so we're going to milk this dude for everything we got. Uh, yeah. Let's keep him alive somehow. Yeah. Basically, basically, yeah, the head of WB had lunch with Vince McMahon and was like, so John Cena's like, yeah, we milked that motherfucker still and he's not even here. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And that, again, in a movie called Suicide Squad with so many other character deaths, when you have somebody live through something like that, it does take away a little bit of the finality of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And especially the, like, I mean, he gets shot in the fucking neck and is ble- he bleeds out. And, like, you know, by the time that <laughs> it just walks over and has a conversation with him, like, he would be dead, you know? <laughs> but who knows? Maybe he just flexed and closed it himself you know yeah which America. is like the most comic booky thing is where they go like oh his heart just kept pumping but you still That's lose right, the blood like because yeah, yeah. you have to recycle your blood so that doesn't make sense yeah. though yeah. uh but you know that you're talking about what we're what we're really getting into is these movies particularly comic book movies ask us for such a high level of suspension of belief that it gets tricky when you're working in the universe of this film where there seems to be a lot more finality risk um and danger that when you when you have a scene like harley quinn's hallway or the post-credit scene with john cena it can kind of take away from the other aspects of the film yeah well i mean also the the shark too like he was bulletproof you know, it just lit him up, uh, you know, towards the beginning of the movie. And then at the very end, too, you know, takes like 500, you know, bullets to the chest and yeah. just uh, is gets up and walks away. Which so is fair. You can... character, though. I, I didn't want to die, though. Yeah. yeah I mean, no. he's, the, he's, he's their Hulk, right? <laughs> True. Yeah. He's their Hulk. Yeah. Um, and I will say it. they did treat the OP-ness of him better than i think some movies where yeah. literally just fucking have him get the shit rocked out of him and that's why he can't be there to just save most of the day but also just make him have the iq of like 93 yeah um, yeah but at least he'll get like you know one head rip in or oh, he was snapping on a face yeah. like it was beef jerky <laughs> at one point which is fucking hilarious but we were talking about it too and like you know like the consistency the lack of consistency in action scenes how it like you know initially alluded to the finality of these characters and then all of a sudden it's you know gone as the more important characters clearly show up there was an inconsistency with one character too that really really bothered me oh yeah dan can you guess who an inconsistency with a character um, like just just goes off the rails at the end near the end i don't waller. know waller oh waller Oh, just that scene. That scene is, I don't know how, like how you guys felt about it. I just felt like it was bonkers where she's a little too dramatic. Yeah. Flipping the fuck out for like a character that was popping people off at the beginning with no, with like reckless disregard. Um, I mean, to be fair, she gave a, what's his face, his character a couple times to turn around. 
Um, I, I don't even oh, remember. Bo- both characters. Michael um, Rooker's character. Michael yeah. Rooker's character, yeah. Yeah. Um, but she didn't swear at him and, you know, make yeah. him to be a piece of shit. She's like, I'm just going to kill this guy. I mean, I almost thought we were going to get the snot bubble like in Fences for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was yes. pissed. But, I mean, just yeah. the ending of that scene, too, where, like, you know, one of the other employees just whacks her in the head with a fucking three-wood. Like, <laughs> okay. That's fucking stupid. And we're in a comic the, book movie. That's, that's you know what yeah. the yeah. the Argus, um, like, analysts or whatever, like, the central base people remind me of is, kind of like a bet from actually a Will Smith movie, is Seth Green and Jack Black as Tet guys in Enemy of the State. Like, that Ooh, was the I same vibes I got from that, where I was like, I get it. We're going like these people work for this organization, but I'm like, how do the how do how does a a covert motherfucking organization recruit these people? Yeah, it yeah. Would, to me, it was like the the cabin in the woods organization yeah. too. Just the oh, suits 100%. that are yeah, walking yeah, yeah. around, where you're like, yeah, how the how did they assemble? So that this team? also was kind of like a weird thing because I'm like, wouldn't you have like motherfucking like badass agents? And, yeah, like, or like the who, smartest you know engineers at MIT like running yeah, this shit. Yeah. People, yeah. people who have no like empathy at all, like, right. is, like, isn't that who would be working for this organization that puts bombs in criminals' nets and sends them to fight, you know, dirty wars? But I mean, you know, yeah. they they were like taking bets at the beginning, so I think that was kind of the yeah, I guess the way to show that. But then, you know, you bring kids into it. I guess kids is the the final straw, right? I yeah. guess so, right? Yeah. I guess everybody except there's you're the kids tough. there. Like, yeah, that's what I, I guess. Just kept Meanwhile, what Weasel <laughs> ate eight twenty three kids. So let's yeah, put kids. Him on the, exactly. Yeah, let's but put him yeah, on the crew. Just go fucking let him run wild. No I guess yeah, you're yeah. right. The agents drew the line of kids, which is more than the governors of Texas or Florida are doing right now. But I will say, a bad for me is a waste of a character, and that oh. is Captain Boomerang. Oh, get. Mm. Fuck out of Brett, here. Dead. I'm not talking about the actor. I'm talking about okay. the character. <sighs> Captain Boomerang t- is a great Flash villain, and uh, he just doesn't doesn't make it doesn't make it right off the fucking. He flashed like, out of existence real quick. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think I jumped out of the seat for that one because I was just like like applauding. Fuck Jai Courtney, poor boy Tom Hardy. Dude, that's that's one of the ugly elements of this film. Tom Hardy, or poor boy Tom Hardy, Jai Courtney, and then Joel Flag, Kinnaman, whatever. Is it Kinnaman? Clinman? Clinman, whatever. Dude, who gives a shit? L? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's not let's not yeah. give him any flowers. The dude that played Flag, Colonel Flag. Rick Flag with two G's. Yeah, is just awful. Also, my my screen is going out of control right now. Now you're you good. Yeah, I, sorry. You know, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. The actors cast for these roles are ugly. I do hope that Captain Boomerang maybe comes back. As a different person? Or would they bring Jai Courtney back? Yeah, like in pieces? Motherfuckers, that was a yeah. Boomerang joke. Oh, I was, oh. <laughs> I'm slow. Like I said, I got a yeah. head cold right now. And things are not firing up. No, right. but... I, I I wasn't mad that they, they killed him off right away. Again, I think it was very good what they were trying to do with like setting the tone for what this movie was and how it wasn't necessarily going to be like the last one. Um, but yeah, Rick Flagg is so bad. I'm not Rick Flagg. He's so bad. Just the actor. He, he reminds me of like like the high school play needs a jock. So they get a jock from the football team to play the jock. 
and yet he somehow outdoes the jock role in the play. Like, oh, I know how to play this. And then he goes like 100 on it, like a, cranks it to 11, and you're like, so fucking bad. Yeah, this so guy's bad. just like not a good actor. No. this He's, is. I mean, just awful. bottom line. You this know? is going to yeah. hurt me to say, but he looks like he graduated from the Paul Walker School of Acting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I, I wish it was him in a car other than Paul. Yeah, yeah. I wish Paul I would, was. I would trade him race. for Paul Walker. Oh, easy, oh, dude. I would, I would trade him for LeBron from Space Jam too. That's how oh, bad Joel Flag is. In Joel this movie. Flag. That's that's rough. <laughs> he's so bad. He's and he's so distracting too. I think that's that's the thing where like the villain is Peter Capaldi. Like, everybody knows how to act in it. They're not necessarily the top-tier actors, but everybody knows how to act their role right, except for Jai Courtney and Joel Kinnaman, or whatever, Cinnamon, whatever his face Joel Cinnamon. <laughs> Joel, Joel, Joel Flag Cinnamon. Cinnamon. He's awful. He's awful. And, um, but to be fair, the, poor, the Rick Flag character in this movie is ten times better than in Suicide Squad from 2016. Yeah, but Which that's is like that's saying, like saying something if you go back and watch Suicide Squad. Yeah, but that's like looking at sh- that's like looking at full poop in a toilet and going, "Well, at least it's not diarrhea." It's fucking bad either way. <laughs> it's shit either way. <laughs> I mean, okay. yeah, you're right. What, what I can't argue with that. Poop references. From <laughs> yeah. Today. You're right. Um, it may not be diarrhea, but it's still poop. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. either way, it's it's ugly. And uh, I mean, the the good part about this movie is there's a lot of ugly in it. Um, it, it is a little bit different of in ugly because you're rooting for the ugly. Uh, and they have you know a a scene towards the end, which I think is probably one of my you know favorite scenes where uh, you have the rat catcher two calling all the rats to come in and, and help with, you know, this fight against a giant fucking space starfish with a giant eye. Uh, and then you have Idris right next to her, who's just scared shitless because all these fucking rats are running over him. So he's just curled up like a baby. Uh, and then you get a flashback with, uh, with Taika as her dad. And it all just, you know, comes together. And he's got this really great quote. Uh, but it, it's, you know, just what this movie's about. The ugly sometimes is necessary to win. And you get that with the Suicide Squad and the rats that really are the heroes of this movie uh, because they're the ones that end up getting into the starfish's eye, uh, which callback Harley gets into with the little spear thing. Uh, and they're, you know, the ones that defeat this, uh, this the Starro dude, person, they, thing. <laughs> Uh, whatever terminology. So, uh, so yeah, the the ugly can sometimes can sometimes be triumphant, and uh, you know James Gunn proves that once again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that the monster's ugly. Like what? It, what? Like it's just full weird. It just, but the message right is just because people view you as ugly or a criminal or lower doesn't mean you're not worth something yeah and the 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 big bad star 
is it star you or star yo or star 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 yeah right the haunting line which is i was happy yeah you just left me the fuck alone leaving <laughs> in space and then like yep yep so it i think it also comments on the fact that we make our own ugly like we you know they really did that like they caused this whole issue yeah thanks yeah. obama sorry you know Sorry Fuck if you heard scratching <laughs> about a minute ago. My my cat took a uh, Joel Kinnaman in his litter box. It heard the con- yeah. Your cat heard yeah. us talking yeah. about shit, <laughs> aka Joel Cinnamon flag, and Joel decided Cinnamon. to come contribute in their own way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, but man, I, that that line hit deep. Oh, with sorrow. Yeah, where it was just like, damn. All right, all right. I was happy just floating in space. What? Yeah. yeah. Staring at the Gazing stars. At the stars. Like, yeah. God damn. Yeah. And um, I will say what also was ugly was what Peter motherfucking bolts in my head thinker Cavaldi had in his lab. The fucking prop setup with how he was experimenting not just on Starro, but the people yeah. was just There's like people like half dead and Still chopped in half and shit. Yeah, missing faces. Like that was that was that was horror movie Gunn. Because you know, yeah, I felt like what Gunn hasn't been able to do with the PG thirteen rating over in Guardians is get ugly. Because if you look at Slither, if you look at Bright, like if you look at a lot of his his background, isn't this weird humor filled horror gore? And there is yeah. so much gore in this film. Well, it's it's like an interesting take too, because it's always the ugliest thing are the monsters that live inside human beings. I think is like the overall theme, and then yeah, they throw you right into it when you meet Thinker in his lab. I mean, you meet him beforehand, but when he goes into the lab, it's like, all right, all right, wasn't expecting this, but damn, gun, you did it. Yeah, I think it's just another level of. You know, the villains are really those with good intentions, but the, you know, the fucking paths that they're on, which is exemplified, I think, by Waller, it's exemplified by um, the thinker, and it's exemplified by Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole theme of, you know, the Suicide Squad, right? It's just that, that fine line between hero and villain, you know, like it's so black and white in most comics, but in reality, right, there's, there's so much gray area, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and good to one person is awful to another person, you know? Real quickly, when we talk about that and the, and, and the fact that this whole thing is happening in a country, Corto Maltese, and there's a giant fucking starfish, a monster that we have unleashed upon ourselves. The fuck is Superman at? God damn it. <laughs> That's and you know what upsets me more is because I hate I hate Lois Lane in the DCU because I hate Amy Adams. You hate Joel Cinnamon. I hate Amy Adams because all she does is okay. cry. I, I and if that. he's if he wasn't here because he was fucking Amy Adams, I'm upset. I'm real yeah. upset. Yeah. If that where's Batman? All right, I don't care which Batman. Give me Affleck. Give me Twilight. But you're telling me that they don't see a giant starfish and they're like, that's something I should probably. Aquaman. It's, what about yes? Yeah, Aquaman, Aquaman talk to him without the having to have a starfish. Man from the yeah. sea. You don't think he can take down a starfish? They're too busy filming yeah. the Snyder Cut. I mean, that was yeah. yeah that's I mean, true. a long project. Yeah. Where's Gal Gadot? All right, that's all. Tannin in Greece somewhere. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. or I don't know who's le- the Flash. 
I mean, he's punching fans in the street. You can't take time to zoom over and punch a starfish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just in Trevor Bauer territory, punching starfishes. It gets to the point where like that that's like the 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 real ugly, I think, is not just with this movie, but it's with a lot of other non-team up superhero movies that you have established a universe of all these superheroes. Some are way more OP than others. And that you have a situation like this happen and nobody's around. Yeah. 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 I mean, they even talk about, well, they do talk about Superman. Yeah, he's where, in the ICU. Oh, because right. he's in the hospital or something? Shot him with a yeah, kryptonite cause... bullet or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. should have hit Lois. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been way better. Uh, you know, this is fourth wall, but I think one ugly element about this movie, too, is we don't get to ask Brian if it would be better with a murderer because they're all murderers in it so so the answer is no that i can't it was yeah, can't, already, it was already <laughs> great no, <laughs> no need. i can't think, really ask of that so i think brett would prefer if a murderer actually went to judge courtney's house and uh joel cinnamon's house yeah and just yeah. erase them i mean i i think so and i mean get peacemaker the axe murderer get peacemaker to do it it's fine you know but who knows for another day we still got this series to look forward to yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he like so. goes to Rick Flag's grave and like pisses on it, <laughs> fucks his wife, you know, <laughs> raises his kids for him. Oh man. Oh that'd yeah, be that'd be fantastic. Well, folks, I say I think we all say go check out the Suicide Squad. Oh yeah. HBO yeah. Max in theaters near you. Don't watch it with kids though. I would say don't watch it with kids. It's not a kids movie. <laughs> I mean, it depends how fucked up your kids are. <laughs> right. I mean, this is the yeah. yeah. Hey, it's, it's the rough, most American but... movie. There's not a lot of sets. There's just a lot of violence. That's yeah. true. That's Even the true. sex scenes like very PG thirteen with Harley. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's actually very true. So. And uh, again, thanks for watching. If you're catching us on YouTube, thanks for listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. We'll be back in a couple weeks with hopefully not a terrible reality TV show. Oh, Dan. Because we're getting... No, fuck you. We're getting into fall TV. All right, so don't take this from me. No, God. And we'll see. We're going to watch... We'll see. We're gonna watch then, yeah, yeah. Before Dan, we know it, one, Dune right? is going to be here. We're going to have Oscar movies. It'll be fine. I'm just... this. These are the lies I tell myself. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sleep well at night, Dan, knowing that that's exactly yeah. how this this season's going to go. Well, again, thanks... Thanks for joining me, Dan, Brian, and Milton on this episode of Potmouth Soda. Uh, R.I.P. Yep. And as Milton says, uh, we'll catch you on the flip side.
shut up and sit down.